Section 23 of the American Bee Journal, Volume 6, Number 3, September 1870. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by D. Rando. The American Bee Journal, Volume 6, Number 3, September 1870, by Various the american bee journal washington september eighteen seventy the remarks on queen raising by the rev mr briggs in our last issue appear to be considered by some as aimed personally at mr alley of wenham massachusetts we did not so regard them mr briggs's object seemed to us to be very different and one in which queen breeders in general have quite as much interest as queen purchasers. Bee breeding, as a science, is yet in its infancy, not less so in Europe than here, but is evidently engaging the attention of the best and most experienced apiarians, and has already led to some highly interesting discussions in the German journals and conventions. Of these we shall, in due season, take proper notice. We give in this number of the journal several communications referring to mr briggs's article and shall probably have one from him in explanation the march number of the american bee journal contained a call for a meeting of the michigan beekeepers association to be held at lansing on the twenty-third and twenty-fourth of that month beekeepers from other states and the british provinces were invited to attend that meeting and it was proposed then to make arrangements for holding a national beekeepers convention the association met accordingly and it was resolved to hold a national convention at indianapolis indiana on the eleventh and twelfth instant but the time was subsequently changed to the twenty-first and twenty-second of december next as better suiting the convenience of beekeepers the place designated seems now however for some reason to have become objectionable to certain parties who probably have access to grind they are now laboring hard to effect a change but we presume the effort will fail as we are assured from various quarters that the convention will be held at indianapolis a patent has recently been granted for a method of excluding bee moths from hives by means of a long lever operated by a hen roost the inventor claims a combination of a vibrating roost or perch for fowls with the slides or doors of one or more beehives when so constructed and arranged that the weight of the fowls upon the roost shall close the hives and their removal from the roost shall open the doors how this ingenious contrivance came to be patented at this late day we do not know but certainly it is neither new nor useful the same thing was tried and abandoned many years ago, as will be seen by reference to Landstroff's Hive and Honey Bee, page 263, first edition. Possibly there is some new modification or some novel combination of material, chickens included, on which the claim to a patent is based. But unfortunately, no modification or combination can ever enable him who employs this contrivance to circumvent the moths thereby. 
when a colony in an apiary is found to be queenless and has been sold till all the brood has matured it will generally be found difficult to get the bees to raise a queen from brood inserted or even to accept and cherish a sealed queen cell repeated trials are usually necessary and when successful the population has generally so dwindled before the new generation attains the working age that the colony is of little value especially late in the season the better mode is to introduce at once a fertile prolific queen from some populous colony and let the latter do the queen raising unless we have fertile queens in reserve in nuclei with the transferred queen several combs of brood taken from other strong colonies should if possible be given to the one that has been queenless the desired object will thus be more speedily attained and frequently with benefit to the colonies drawn on the european sparrow a large number of german sparrows have been imported and placed in the vineyards in the vicinity of davenport iowa so the newspapers inform us the object we presume being the destruction of caterpillars. we fear however that the grape growers there have made a capital mistake and are likely to have an easy time annually thereafter when gathering the vintage it has been customary to charge the bees with damaging the grape crop but it appears that in germany this barrel is the real offender the rev mr stern an aged and well-known beekeeper residing at wessenburg in lower austria writing to the bene zeitung about this alleged malfeasance of the bees says i have lived more than thirty years in a village of three thousand inhabitants most of whom derive their support from grape culture besides their vineyards they have numerous trellises of vines at their houses and there are several apiaries in the village i have myself an arbor of vines one hundred eighty feet in length within twenty-five feet of my apiary now it has happened for many years that i did not get a single bunch of grapes undamaged from any vine in this arbor and the other grape growers in my neighborhood fared no better berries torn open were annually to be seen and i have seen bees on such berries often not indeed by myriads nor yet by thousands or hundreds nor even by fifties but only here and there a solitary one quietly sipping of the extruding juice i have killed hundreds of hornets in the act of tearing open the berries and thousands of wasps busy at the same work but i have never seen a bee so engaged but what flies and bees are wholly incapable of doing and what wafts and hornets do only in part and occasionally is really the work of the sparrow which because its habits have been little observed or studied continues to be held in high estimation in some districts even a small number of these birds can in a few days do exceedingly great injury in a vineyard at the time when the ripening grapes are becoming mellow they then peck open berry after berry as though in sport sip a little of the juice occasionally and flitting away to some other cluster incessantly repeat the damaging process i have witnessed this hundreds of times and seen them do the work so effectually that year after year 
I have not obtained one undamaged cluster from my arbor. This cunning sparrow knows, too, how to avoid traps and springes, and soon familiarizes himself with the most elaborate, fantastic scarecrow setup in terrorium, acting apparently in derision and contempt of the baffled and mortified grape grower. Forty years ago, an American ornithologist, speaking of this species of sparrow and the injury done by it to grain fields in Europe, said, Fortunately, we are free from this pest on this side of the Atlantic. Now we import them and boast of it. End of section 23.